Hey folks, Joni here. It's been a few years since we last spoke with Modern Moxie, the Charlotte-based indie pop rock band. Well, they've released a new song titled Big Wave, and with a new record on the horizon, why don't we mosey on back to their 2019 Amplifier interview. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation, and I hope you stay safe and stay inspired. Don't worry that you can't shred like other people, you know. I'll get there one day, but um, just keep going with the process. Keep growing and don't give up, ever. I'm Joni Deutsch, and from WFAE in Charlotte, this is Amplifier, the music podcast where we shine a light on the artist who calls Charlotte home. Because Charlotte is more than just a banking city or a football city. So every other Thursday on this podcast, we're going to explore the people, places, and things that help define the Queen City's crown sound. And today, we'll hear from the Charlotte-based dance rock band who've created a musical kaleidoscope of retro genres and contemporary styles. And that's coming up on Amplifier. Amplifier. And then the beat will drop. Amplifier. 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 Can you introduce yourselves and what you do? I'm Madison Lucas, and I um, sing and play electric guitar and synth for Modern Moxie. I am Harry Cullum, and I play bass for Modern Moxie. And alongside your two bandmates, Phil Pucci and Charlie Weeks, you are making music, uh, dance rock music as the band Modern Moxie. Recently recognized by Queen City Nerve for being the best Charlotte band with your debut full-length release, Claw Your Way Out, also being named the best Charlotte album. So all in all, it sounds like 2019 treated you all pretty well. (laughs) Yes, very surprised by all of that and super happy and thankful don't even know what to say every time it comes up i struggle with it but i'm just so happy that anyone cares (laughs) thank you everyone well modern moxie is a you could say it's a relatively new band featuring this lineup of yourselves and phil and charlie but the idea for the band began with you madison uh singing and songwriting but it wasn't in front of a crowd necessarily from what i've read is you singing and songwriting in a closet. <laughs> yes. So Madison, can you take us back to when you first started making music? Yes. So I didn't play guitar until probably sophomore year of college for me is when I really started to pick it up and try to do anything on it. And um, I had a Beatles songbook with little chord graphs in there, little charts. And um, that's how I started to teach myself and just got obsessed with it, couldn't put it down. And then I just started wanting, it was honestly easier for me to, to write new stuff than to play covers. So that's kind of how I started doing that. But I didn't want anyone to hear me because it was terrifying. So I would just hide and hope that my roommates didn't hear me. Or I did it mostly when they weren't there. But that's when a couple of these songs were written that way from this album, for sure. But, um, yep, that's how it started. <laughs> All Oh, 
So tell us a little bit more about that period of time. You know, a lot of artists, when they're starting out, they feel like they need to start off with the singer-songwriter open mic nights at local music venues, like little pubs or cafes. And it kind of took some time for you to get to that point. Oh, yes. A long time. My first open mic was in Myrtle Beach, I remember. The terror. And it's probably the most scared I've ever been in my entire life. But throughout time, it's just gotten slowly easier. It's still really hard for me to get on stage. And I love it, every moment of it. But it's intense. I wish that I didn't feel like that and, um, like, just own it, you know. You're doing what you can do. Your guitar capability level, that's where it is. Just do what you do. Don't worry that you can't shred like other people, you know. Just keep going with the process. Keep growing and don't give up ever. Every time I do it, it gets a little bit easier. So that's what keeps me going. But um, the Evening Views was huge for me in Charlotte. That's where I started playing here. And um, that's where I really got a little more comfortable on stage. So thank you to the Evening Muse for having a platform for all of us newbies. <laughs> <laughs> well, even though you were writing or you were living in South Carolina, so how did you find yourself performing music in Charlotte? What really drove you to, to come to the Queen City? Oh, I love Charlotte so much. So I grew up in a really small town in South Carolina called Great Falls. And um, Charlotte was... The closest city and where we went for everything, you know, if you're going to the movies, you're going to the mall, whatever you're doing, that's where you go. And I remember the first time I saw Noda when I was younger, and um, I just thought it was the coolest place ever. There was, you know, drum circles all over the place, and uh, I just remember seeing the Muse, and I went to shows there. So it's kind of always been a dream of mine to play around there. What were your first memories watching or listening to Charlotte music or the, the music that was in Charlotte? Oh, it was definitely the muse. It, um, it was an arts crawl night, I believe. And just seeing just how happy everybody was. Gr- growing up in a small town, I wasn't really exposed to a lot of music or people playing music or people in bands. I never, you know, it just didn't even cross my mind. It wasn't until I got to college that I realized, oh, this is something maybe I could do. So Noda made it a little more, um, you know, something I could be part of. And it just kind of slowly grew from there. But yeah, I love Charlotte. <laughs> so in 2011, Madison, you produced your solo debut. It's titled The Bedroom EP. And it's a five-song release that to me sounds like uh, pretty much like the eccentric pop piano cousin of Fiona Apple and Regina Spector. He, he grows so fast that it caused him to crash, to crash, to crash into the glass. Oh, she, she ran so fast that she crashed, she crashed, she crashed into her past. Oh, most of the time they are missing, they're missing the grind, the grind. Most of the time they are missing, they're missing the grind, the grind. Mystery sings in blue, blue, green, green. We are wasting all our time. You and I, 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 I. Tell us a little bit more about that EP and what it took to, to share that with the world. <laughs> the Bedroom EP... Oh, that was such a crazy time. It was a weird time in my life. 
I was still living in my hometown at that time. Um, so I ran into an opportunity where somebody, a family friend, they were going to help us record an album. And I didn't have a ton of material. I had, you know, two, three songs at the time. So I just locked myself in the house and just came up with those five songs in about four days. And um, I'm super proud of that record. I know it's my first one, and I'm, it's always going to be super important to me. Well, it's well-produced. It, there's a, a really nice sheen to it where it, it sounds like there's quality time and effort and recording equipment put into releasing it. Yeah, I was very thankful for Kenny McWilliams at Archer Avenue Studio. I mean, he's just been so important because I've always been scared to put music out because once you record it, that's it. It's in the world. It's you, You're not going to come back and redo it again. So it's been super important to me that we put out a really good product first. And I'm just very happy I ran into him and it all worked out the way that it did. And it was around this time, uh, 2011 being the release of the EP, that you met Harry, who would not only become your band partner in Modern Moxie, but would also become your partner in life as your husband. So, uh, Harry, how, how did the two of you meet from your perspective? Uh, so we actually met at Jack Beagle's in Noda. Uh, I also had an affinity for that neighborhood. Uh, ended up living uh, just outside, probably two minutes away. And uh, a good buddy of mine uh, needed a wingman one night. So went out and were, uh, I was actually planning on going back home uh, when we went to Jack Beagle's. And thank goodness I did not listen to myself and followed, uh, my buddy's name is Walker, uh, followed Walker to Jack Beagle's and actually Madison is the one that approached me. Uh, she spotted me from across the room and just came straight up to me. And the first thing we talked about was playing music. So very serendipitous. How was that conversation? Like, oh, I make music. Oh, you make music. I make music oh, too. Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, if you, if you don't mind me repeating this. It's so you fine. actually just came up, sat down next to me, looked me straight in the eye and said, you play music, don't you? To which I said, yes, I do. Have you seen me play in one of the you know, three bands I was in at the time? And she said, no, you just look like a musician, uh, which completely floored me. I was disarmed immediately and just said, do you play music? How do you know? And she you just, just said, looked like it. Yeah. I don't know. And she said, yeah, I play music so too. And, and then we found out we both drove Jeeps and the rest is history. Yeah, the Jeeps really, that was it. It wasn't the music or it wasn't being in Charlotte. It was having no. Jeeps. It's the Jeeps. That was a significant factor. True love. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Harry, you mentioned that you were playing around in, in different bands at the time you met Madison. And for those who don't know, you are an accomplished musician in your own right, having played with a few like uh, Charlotte folk band Time Sawyer and experimental fusion group Asleep in the Weeds. So what led the the two of you to making dance pop rock with this idea of modern moxie? Well, I think we both have a very eclectic taste in music. Um you know, there's some folks that primarily listen to country or primarily listen to metal or a certain genre. Uh, but one thing that we noticed about both of us is we're both very broad in our interests and in musical uh, endeavors. And I will say that I think the Modern Moxie sound is reflective of that. There's not a specific tone or specific sound that every song sounds like. You know, each one kind of has its own element to it. And I think that our diverse musical interests and then the way that Madison was more of a singer-songwriter 
and I was much more a in the background bass player. Uh, us coming together kind of allowed me to be more expressive and more upfront, and I uh, just kind of tried to offer whatever help I could. And Phil and Charlie, they've they've brought so much. The record, I mean, it just has little parts of all of us in there. It's perfect. I love the combination of all of us. We get along so well. It's mm-hmm. it's crazy. And um, Phil's always just coming up with the coolest riffs. I'm like, how did you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> just perfectly compliments my songs. It's very true. Yeah, but we're just having a good time. <laughs> Harry, you mentioned the diverse influences, and I wanted to hear from you. What, what are your taste in music or the things that you look to for inspiration and, and how are they different from the ones that, that Madison brings to the table? Gotcha. Um, at a very young age, we had a family friend that was in the Greensboro Symphony as a double bassist. Uh, so I think one of my early uh, exposures to live music was a symphonic or orchestral uh, layout. And in complete honesty, as a six to 10 year old, it wasn't the most interesting to me at the time or most engaging uh, but I did respect it and I, I did enjoy it more than I realized um, and as I got older I noticed uh, my parents listened to a lot of classic rock when I was growing up and I really enjoyed the the driving beats especially like a Hendrix or uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan kind of a bluesy driving rock sound and then as I got older I got a little bit more into the experimental stuff uh so my dad had a record collection a lot of frank zappa uh iron butterfly things like that so that kind of started the deviation to the more jazz experimental fusion type stuff and uh also was i wouldn't say a victim but interested in the pop culture uh, (laughs) of the time so the red hot chili peppers rage against the machine all the stuff that was on the radio at the time uh also had a big impact and i'd say lastly uh more bass-focused artists like Victor Wooten, the Wooten Family Band, Bella Fleck, stuff like that. Krog Band. Um, Krog Band, yeah. Krog. Anything that has a, a heavy bass influence uh, kind of led me to the style that I liked. And I guess where that would differ from Madison is I know you were much more Beatles-focused. I like the sad tunes um, a lot, too. And the singer-songwriter, yeah, much more Fiona Apple, a lot more Emotion. angst, emo stuff, which I was... Uh, I was not a fan of the emo <laughs> stuff, just going to say that. But I'm here to cover that part of it. Exactly. And I feel like with the two of us, we kind of hit all, covered all bases. Tables turned around. Do you hear the crowds? Look out for the money men over and over again. I need the truth, I see it all in you. Green fields might spread, or soon we'll all be
because from what I've read, it, uh, leading up to the 2019 uh, debut release, Modern Moxie went through different iterations, different band lineups to get to the point where, you know, you were just recently named the best band and having the best record of, of 2019 in Charlotte. So uh, take us on that that journey of how Modern Moxie began and how it became what it is today. Ooh, when did I do my first show as Modern Moxie? Coming up with the name was a process in itself. That took me a while. That is true. For a long time, we were simply Madison Lucas. Yeah. Um, and there was a short period that we would invent clever band names. Just makeup so, stuff. Madison so, Lucas and the yes. Meat Sweats was one. Yep. So one, one Saturday morning, <laughs> Madison made delicious muffins. So the show that night, we were Madison Lucas and the Fruit Muffins. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I just carried around a notebook just trying to think of names. And then next, you know, um, we worked with a guitarist for a while, Paul Czap, who was amazing. Um, we had a drummer, Chris Lezak, for a while. All great. They, they have both moved to different areas. So um, Yeah, the original lineup, it started out, Madison used to work at Muzak, or now it's known Mood Media. Right. Uh, so two co-workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so originally a three-piece, Madison, Chris, and Brent. Yep. Uh, then the bass player, Brent, actually had to step away. He was also involved in multiple projects. Yeah. Taylor Newell. Uh, yes, Taylor Newell, the, who is in Pluto for Planet now. Awesome band. Yeah, amazing drummer, great band. Definitely check those guys out, too. Yeah. But uh, we had that lineup for a while. I'd say a solid year. Played the festival in the park at Freedom Park one year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Paul had to move back to Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Taylor was also in multiple projects as well so we went back to the duo played for a duo for a while yeah and um i've always been a huge fan of uh phil pucci's and um we've been friends for a long time he actually officiated our wedding yep (laughs) Uh, yeah and i'd never even thought in a million years he would be interested in playing with our band and we were it was fourth of july one night we were listening to the album at our friend ellie's house yep and then he approached madison and said man i Really like the sound. Yeah, I think but it was you guys the, need a lead guitarist, and and I we both freaked died. out because yeah, <laughs> I was so excited. I texted everybody, but um, that was a really good day. And then him and Charlie kind of came as a package. Mm-hmm. They've played together um, back in high school, right? Yep, in a band called Surfs. Oh, or Palm Trees. It's Palm Trees in the Bahamas, right? That's right, Palm Trees in the Bahamas. Yeah, that was the first Look, name. Joni knows more than we do. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, that just led to the current lineup. So I'd say that was yeah. like 2018 when we kind of formed the current Modern Moxie. And we're having a good time. Yeah. So it sounds like you had a release more or less ready leading up to the creation of the band in 2018. But you just were waiting for those final elements to come in of, you know, Bill oh, yes. and Chris and then... And then once they had those sounds in there, that was claw your way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I wanted to make a full-length record. It was a really large goal of mine, and I was working on it, working on it, and we were just, the band was not together completely at that time, but we were just telling ourselves, we'll just keep going, this will all fall together somehow. And it did kind of like like 25% through the process or something? We were about 50% through recording the album yeah. uh, when Charlie and Phil officially joined. Mm-hmm. And that turned out it was perfect timing uh, because they actually did help us finish. I believe there was three or four songs that were new uh, yeah, for and that Phil album. Yeah, and Phil wrote 
guitar parts for all of all of that and um and the three that we all collaborated on actually ended up being the singles that we released uh, yes. from the album mm -hmm. uh, we wanted to represent the current modern moxie lineup And a lot of years are put into this one release. More than some people would know if they just hear it. I think that's something important to note is just that some records, to your point, Madison, when you said you had four days to make a five-song EP, get it out, you're done. And then one's like, claw your way out. It's a little bit more of a, of a process. Yes, those songs are from such a wide period of time, which is, um, I love that. I love that there's all these different parts like 45s for example I was going through a heavy Janis Joplin phase in college Don't so that's all. when I wrote that <laughs> yeah and it took about a full year to record the entire album. It was slow, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it's well worth the time. Coming up, Modern Moxie on their retro style and how it helps them turn into David Bowie superheroes on stage. You heard that right. That's right after this break on Amplifier. In June 2019, Modern Moxie released its debut full-length album, Claw Your Way Out, which sounds like the new wave-loving, dance-rock, happy grandchild of the Cars, or maybe a cousin to Canadian rock band Metric. I'm doing this the only way I know how, way I know how. I'm doing this the only way I know how, way I know how. describe Claw Your Way Out as a celebration record, triumphantly bursting with hilarious and moving self-reflection. And to that point, I can hear certain themes of fighting monsters in order to get to that point where you are finding light and love. Can you tell us a little bit more about the songwriting process, Madison, and, and some of the things that you wrote about? Yeah, um, the whole record, I, I feel like, coming from a small town, not seeing a lot of music or, you know, I love my hometown and I'm happy to be from there, but I feel like I did miss, you know, 
like Harry, for example, was in a band in high school and had all of this going on around him. And I didn't really find myself musically until college. So, and it was a slow process, you know, finding myself, figuring out what I'm doing for a career. How, how am I going to do this? But um, it's just about just keep at it, keep going, keep trying. You might feel like you're not going anywhere, but eventually it's just taking small steps towards this big goal. And Harry, what do you think? Uh, since you're not technically the songwriter here, but you are the one playing the music, what, what are the, some of the things that you're seeing come across from, from this record? Well, I think the songwriting process that Madison brings, uh, it's very organic. It's very genuine. Uh, we do have a lot of struggles in life, as most people do. Uh, like she mentioned, you know, coming from a small town, because I'm actually from a very small town myself. Uh, I was just fortunate that we had other big cities very close by. Uh, but the overall theme for Claw Your Way Out and a lot of the content in those songs is overcoming some type of struggle, uh, whether it be emotional, physical, anything like that. Uh, and as a contributor, not so much the songwriter, uh, it's amazing to me to watch somebody start with a blank scrap of paper. There's nothing there. And by the end of the day, the end of the hour, have a powerful message that has just genuine emotional content and also some sick beats and really <laughs> good music behind it. Also, with all the songs, I I want people to pull something that applies to them from it. That's kind of I've I've tried to write it in a way that it can whoever's listening to it can think it's about them personally. You know, these are all things that people deal with all the time: anxiety, you know, fear, um, being trapped. All of those things I think are pretty universal and. Um, I just like people to know they're not alone. We're all doing this. It's terrifying, but um, that's what the record's about. Let's talk about Modern Moxie's band aesthetic, because in band photos, there seems to be a 60 vibe with some of the attire. Um, in band posters, um, I'm thinking of one that was designed by local artist Casey Marie Robersh. Love her. And she's taking visual cues from 1930s, 40s Hollywood monster flicks in that poster. And then also your summer 2019 album release show at Snug Harbor, which included a Ouija board station an aerial hoop performance and a dancing bear. <laughs> it seems like you all are stuck. I wouldn't say stuck, but you're you're placing yourself somewhere between like the 30s to 80s in American history. How would you describe the style of modern Moxie? Because it seems like it's a mix of decades and genres of sorts. That's an awesome description. Cause yes. I, I, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what we are. I mean, I'm obsessed with all the old music, you know, Phil keeps us new. He keeps up with the 
me and Harry are really bad about listening to new stuff unless it's uh, Charlotte music. <laughs> yeah. But um, well, for the style too, I, I would definitely say the the '60s mod. I um, just love it. Yeah. I just think it's cool. I, I don't have a reason. Madison reminds me a lot of Twiggy, the model. Well, thanks. You know, tall, blonde, beautiful. So the style fits that aesthetic. What's he doing? And we both have uh, an affinity for like the the 1920s and 30s. Uh, like I was a big fan of like the old cars in that era. Um, and I know Madison, you liked the the flapper girl kind of style overall. So yeah. we try to bring some elements, like you had mentioned, from each decade, the the parts that we like, and kind of like the music, blend them together to kind of create a new but familiar type of look. The dancing bear was just. We just love Morris costumes, and I was there with my friend Shirley Griffith, and she was like, you want me to get in a bear costume for the record release? And I said, yes. Yeah, we couldn't say no to that. Absolutely. And she did, and it was great. And she had the claws out. Yeah, and then our friend Allie is an aerial performer, so that just happened. Which She's amazing. I'm so glad that she was able to do it. It's mainly a combination of just our friends and, you know, what's going on? What do you do? What do you do? Let's throw it all together and have a party. So... I have to agree with Harry, though, that when I've seen some of the costume or some of the dresses you found or worn, Madison, I definitely got a Twiggy feel. And not that necessarily that you are Twiggy. It's just that that mod style is so it, it's so eye catching. And you don't see that very much on stage unless it's done by an artist who is replicating that style and sound from that era, almost like in a cover band or tribute sort of way. That's true. So for you to wear that and then mix in the other kind of decades, the 30s, the 40s, the 80s feel, uh, it's an interesting kaleidoscope of, of American music and style history. That sounds so cool when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a really large David Bowie fan and I read a lot of things that he says all the time, but I feel like dressing the part is, is a big thing. And um, I do get very nervous and very anxious. And when I have, you know, the full outfit on, like I'm about to rock out, it really helps me a lot. It's almost like you're putting on armor or you're putting on like your weaponry and that way you're going into battle. But it's not really battle. It's just you're going to like battle the bands. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said about that style and your point, uh, that idea of sorts that what's old is new again. And I think that's a perfect connection to your thoughts on the Charlotte music scene. And for listeners who don't know, Amplifier has a submission form on our website where Charlotte music makers can submit their songs and stories. And one of the questions asked on the form is for musicians uh, to share what are their thoughts about Charlotte music and the, the scene here. And when you filled out the form, Madison, you made a point of saying this. The only bad thing I can think of in regards to Charlotte music is rest in peace to many venues we've grown to love throughout the years. Tremont, Double Door, etc. We really try to hold on to the fact that there will always be more to fill the void. I try to believe it's part of a cycle and not the end of anything. I forgot I wrote that. It's, it's, I still agree with that. <laughs> well, I do. We miss those venues so much. Rue, did I have Rue on there? Because that's one I miss so much. Yeah, I, I know myself, uh, the Rue, Chop Shop, a lot of the older Noda venues. Yeah. Uh, the up, well, it was the Mill, then Upstage, that was above Rue. Uh, all those, when Amos is shut down for a while, uh, there's just so many iconic places in Charlotte. And as a musician, 
you hate to see those places go away, uh, especially for me, the Double Door Inn. Seen amazing shows, played amazing shows there, and it, it, it hurts. It genuinely hurts when you don't receive support from a community for your artistic output. Watching the change that has occurred in the Noda neighborhood, I'm sure a lot of people have noticed that there's a large difference now than a decade ago. So Chop Shop, one of a, a great venues, saw many fun events there, is an apartment block. There's apartment blocks going up all over the city, uh, so we're very grateful to those venues that have remained and for all the yes. people around Charlotte that have supported the venues and supported the local bands so we continue to have places to play at. Petra's is a big one for us. That's our home base. Everybody that works there is just an amazing person. And, um, yeah, I I hope to see new ones popping up and, you know, filling the void that they, these have left. But uh, we'll always reminisce about them. And it's the people. It's always the people. It's not the places. I try to focus on that whenever I see one going down. Um, we're all still here. We'll all still be around, and um, we can all help each other. Writing a song without you Everything's wrong without you What in the world would I do? Modern Moxie's 2019 release is titled Claw Your Way Out available on modernmoxieband.com and wherever fine music is streamed and sold. Amplifier is a production of WFAE. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Deutsch. Our editor is Jadon Marshall. Our theme music is provided by Dirty Art Club. Share your favorite Charlotte music recommendations with me on social media. You can tag and follow me. I'm at a change of tune. Amplifier features a new musical episode every other Thursday. So make sure to subscribe to the Amplifier podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts. And if you're listening on NPR One, make sure to give us a heart or a favorite. Check out the playlist and show notes for today's episode, along with a Charlotte music map and a way for you to submit your music on our website wfae.org slash amplifier. Until next time, I'm Joni Deutsch. Thanks for listening.